everyone. Welcome to another episode of On My Grown, the podcast. I am your co-host, Melanie Mitchell. And I'm your other co-host, Rodney Boyd. Uh, today, guys, we have a uh, very, very dope special episode for you. Always love having guests on the uh, the show. Um, before we before I jump into it, man, I just want to thank everybody um, for listening, man. You know, last yeah. month, as we announced, was our best month since we've launched. And... Um, you know, forty forty five hundred, and you know, with once we once we got the thirty first in there, it was forty five hundred uh, total plays, and uh, we don't take that lightly, man. We we remember, I think for from August to December of twenty sixteen, we got about five thousand plays. If that, yeah, it was, yeah, it was hard, it was tough, and and people are going back and listening to old stuff, so that's crazy that you know people are really taking the time to like binge listen. So that's awesome. Thank you guys so, so much for, you know, continuing to support and listen and share with your friends and LOL and retweet and all that. Don't forget to live tweet. Y'all have been slacking. Yes, I'm, I'm coming for y'all. Um, come on with the live tweets. It's the same four five of y'all anyway. So I'm counting on the four five of y'all to live tweet every week and I look forward to it every Tuesday. So make sure y'all live tweet. Um, I know more of y'all have Twitters than that tweet because it's like a smooth 200 listens every Tuesday. Like that day, I know y'all got Twitters, so help us help you and live tweet. Yeah, man. But once again, want to thank everybody that took the time out and gave us a listen. Um, so mm-hmm. for this week's episode, we are joined by Mercedes Young. Mercedes Young is an American actress, model, author, and motivational speaker, best known for her role in Two Headed Shark Attack, starring alongside Carmen Electra and Brooke Hogan. Mercedes is uh is in other films from Straight Outta Compton to Think Like a Man 2 and television shows, Comedy Central, Tosh.0, Discovery Channel's Married with Secrets, and Lifetime's My Crazy Ex, to name a few. She is a successful entrepreneur, uh, author. Uh, what else? What else? What else? And a non-for-profit uh, starter. So um, Mercedes is also currently a co-star on the Bravo show To Rome for Love. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mercedes Young. Hi, thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thank you for joining us. Uh, so Mercedes, if you could just kind of tell us, tell our audience a little of your background. I see you're a, you're a Gator. Oh yes, absolutely. Go Gators! Um, hailing from the University of Florida. Uh, I'm born and raised in Florida. Um, I've really been in this industry like my whole life. Uh, My mom was a model and she started us out at a very young age. So we were um, doing little Huggies commercials and stuff as babies. And it's just something that like I've grown to absolutely love and adore. And it's become a passion of mine. Um, So six days after graduation, I hopped on a flight and I moved to Los Angeles and I haven't looked back. So yeah, that's a that's a little bit about me. Uh, what where in Florida are you from? Because um, Melanie's actually from Florida as well. Oh, awesome. yeah, I'm from. Florida. So I'm from Miramar. Oh, okay. What part are you from? I'm from South Miami. Oh, okay, that's dope. That's dope. What high school did you go to? So I went to three different high schools, girl. Um, one high school oh, I went to was Miramar High. Uh, okay. And I went to Dreyfus High School of the Arts for the majority of my schooling um, in mm-hmm. Palm Beach. And then I finished my last year off at Martin County High School, which is in Stewart, Florida. It's a little small town, like near Port St. Lucie area. So okay, yeah, I was around the world in 30 days. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Okay. Yeah. My aunt lives in, um, she lives in Miramar. Oh, dope. Dope. Small world. No. So Mercedes, uh, I see here you have a book called uh look at all the things my hair can do uh when i was watching the show i saw you had dreads um i mean what kind of can you kind of let us know what the book's about what inspired it absolutely. absolutely so um as a little girl i had this best friend and her name was kayla i would never it was a white girl and she had long straight hair and i used to go home and like beg my mom every day to straighten my hair because i wanted my hair silky and straight like kayla's and my mom was like, no, no, no. And I'm like, well, why can't my hair be straight like hers? She said, because you weren't born that way. That's not how God created you. Um, so 
during this time, like, everybody was getting relaxers. Like, everybody had candy curls. Like, everybody was living their best straight hair life. And I had this natural hair that my mom wouldn't let me relax. So I did not... Once I graduated uh, high school, you know, I thought I was grown. I was big and bad. And I was like, I'm an adult now. I'm going to do what I want to do with my hair. And I got my first relaxer. And that's when the whole natural hair movement started. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. So you was like, you was above, you was in front of the wave. And then you, you got drastically behind. Exactly. So then I had to start my whole transition over. I'm like, oh, Lord, I don't went through all these years with my little beads and barrettes. And um, not getting these sew-ins and stuff like that to only, like, be hit in the face with the whole natural hair movement. But it was such a blessing in disguise um, because it really taught me to appreciate and value who I am and who God created me to be. So, um, yeah, I was actually talking to one of my homeboys during the time the natural hair movement started and... A lot of my, a lot of his male friends was like, oh my God, I hate this whole natural hair thing. And he was like, I never understood how people could hate going back to how you were originally created. And I was like, mm. that's deep. That's so deep. Um, but yeah, so it inspired me to write this book. And that guy who actually said that is the illustrator of my book. Okay. Dominic Badesi, very talented. I've known him since I was in um, the sixth grade. And this book is, you know, it's mainly about hair, but it's much more bigger than that. There's a lot of, um, you know, reading between the lines, subliminal messages in it. So um, some of the images that you see in the book is sometimes she likes to wear her hair in a pigtail and her hair is in pigtails, but she's looking through a microscope and she looks like a scientist and she's inside of a lab. So showing that black women can be scientists. Sometimes um, then she's um, and another picture gardening with her mom showing that we can produce our own food and, and crops and things of that nature. And then in one of the photos, her father is actually doing her hair, showing that black men are present in the household. So, you know, there's a lot of the words is about hair, but it's much more to it than that. And it's pretty much loving and embracing who you are as a little black girl. Listen, that's amazing. I, I probably needed that. I remember growing up. My hair was I broke the hot comb. Yeah. <laughs> broke it. Yeah, I, I like broke it off the little hinge and it wasn't even That's sturdy no more. So I was taught that my hair was bad, you know? Like it was unmanageable, couldn't nobody do nothing with it, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So I got a perm, a relaxer at six years old. Wow. Yeah. Was it just for me? No, I had a grown up Oh wow. Big <laughs> big professional super string. <laughs> Relaxer. <laughs> Look, I, I never had a just for me. I ain't had no just for me type of hair. So, yeah, so I was taught growing up like perms were the way to go, you know, that creamy crack is, is right. right. And then, yeah, I remember when my sister, like, in like, oh, I want to say, oh, nine or 2010, mm-hmm. she was like, oh, I'm going natural because she was in college and that's when it started. It started in HBCUs, the natural hair movement. <laughs> and I laughed, like, girl, you so nappy. Ugh, you going natural? Ha ha. Oh, but when I went to college, right. I didn't trust anybody to perm my hair. So I kind of went natural on accident. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and my mom just stopped giving me hell about going natural because I cut all my hair off at one point. Like I transitioned for a year then I cut it all off. And my mom, I used to get my hair done every two weeks when I was like growing up, like every two weeks, get a washing set, perm my edges and perm my whole head, then wash and set like every two weeks. So she was like, I put all that money into your hair just for you to cut it all off. It was a mess. But yeah, I think it was a wonderful decision and I love how the movement, you know, people are embracing who they are. Like, I didn't know my hair was curly because I'm looking at the Spanish girls in school like, I wish my hair curled. Meanwhile, I have a beautiful curl pattern, you know. Awesome. It's just... Look- oh, what were you saying? I said, see, look at God. That's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah, that's so dope. So yeah, it's called... Um, Look at all the things my hair can do, and it is available for sale on Amazon. I'll also be in Atlanta this weekend at the Brona Brother Hair Show mm, selling okay. as well. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, Mercedes, you'll be uh, participating in a non for profit event for the homeless during All Star Weekend? 
Absolutely. All-Star Weekend is about to be a lituation. It is. I'm going to be there. I'm very excited. <laughs> really? Yeah. 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 Mm, you watch Melanie out there. Please. <laughs> Please. Look, the person who I w- would need to be watched around has a whole girlfriend, so I'm fine. Oh. Like, meanwhile, he doesn't know I exist. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious, man. Well, you definitely will be seeing these people up close and personal because uh, they be out here in these streets. Can't wait. Um, But yeah, like All-Star Weekend is going to be so much fun. And I'm just so happy and proud to be a part of, you know, this event that's taking place at the Crocker Club. So it's a L.A. celebrity charity event and it's benefiting the homeless. So um, one of your along with your entry fee, you have to bring um, either a blanket or some socks or some toiletries in order to benefit the homeless. Like a lot of people don't realize, but like LA has one of the highest homeless um, percentages out of everywhere in the United States. Like there's just so many homeless people and I feel so bad for them. So I'm I'm really happy to be trying to do something that's going to benefit someone else, you know, and and Hollywood is so easy to get caught up in yourself and Mm -hmm. me, 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 me. You know, people don't take the time to really stop and help others. So I'm I'm happy to be a part of that. That's amazing. Yeah. And in a weekend, especially All-Star Weekend, which is so kind of like vain and people are just trying to turn up and get shows or whatever the case may be to have something, (laughs) to have an event with substance. Right. That's amazing. Partying with the purpose for sure. Well, that's dope. Um, So make sure you all go. (laughs) I'm just laughing at Melvin. Go, um, go and support that. Um, okay, I want to, I think we'll jump right into it. So, co-star of Bravo's To Roam for Love. When, when like, I guess what year, months did this, did, was shooting taking place? Ooh, um, we filmed it last year in, I want to say if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, we filmed it last year in May. All in May or was it like May through June? Or? Mm-hmm. No, we filmed it for about two okay. months. So um, can you explain the premise of the show for those who may not have uh, watched it or been familiar? Um, yeah, if you would mind. Absolutely. So To Roam for Love is a show that took five African-American women to Italy who, to pretty much essentially find love. But it's not all about finding love. It's about finding yourself in the process. So here, in, and I can only speak from my personal experience, like dating in LA is a joke. Like it really, like my dating life is a big joke out here. Um, one, there's a dime a dozen of beautiful women. Every way, you're, where you turn, there's beautiful, gorgeous women on every corner. So, you know, you have to have something that stands out that makes you unique. Um, so you're dealing with that aspect. You're dealing with the vanity of some everything as well, because not only are these women beautiful, half the time it ain't real. So, you know, you got all of this perfect package over here and that's what the men want. Essentially, they want that arm candy. They want to walk in the room and feel like they're the man. Um, in addition to that, you know, there's a lot of wealthy men out here. So a lot of wealthy men are playing the game like because they can afford to have two, three, four, five, ten girlfriends and take care of them. Um, So it's really hard. And then I feel like it's an extreme. So you have that spectrum and then you have a complete separate spectrum of men out here that are kind of like not doing anything with their lives. And because there are so many um, women to one man, um, they're used to being taken care of. Like I remember going out on this date once and um the guy wanted me to pay for my own meal, like on a first date oh, no. he asked me out on. And I was like, So where and what rules and what rule book did this come from? Like where where we at? What chapter? Because I don't miss this one. Um, yeah, needless to say, I never spoke to him again and I did not pull out my wallet. Like that's what we're not gonna do. Oh, <laughs> so um it's just very very extreme so you got the really wealthy that want everybody and their mama including the dogs and then you have like 
those that like don't really have it, but because they look good, they feel like they can get away with it. The sad part is somebody was like, okay, I'll pay, you know? Like it's worked on somebody before. That's why they thought it was okay to pull with you. Hello? But they don't know they got the wrong one, bro. No, 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 no. Yeah, it sounds like Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, it was it was definitely um horrible. So going over there, it was definitely um a refreshing type of experience. Now what I will say is the show, what the show is not, the show is not bashing um, men, American men. That's not what our objective is. Um, the show is not, mainly what we're doing is just seeking the juxtaposition between dating in America versus dating in Italy, where women, Black women in particular, are pretty much like, worship so essentially over there we're exotic to them because mm. they don't see many african-american women like so we get over there and they're <laughs> just like oh my god it's like, like, girls with Monique. And goddess. And i'm like <laughs> it's hot baby so um <laughs> <laughs> is that on netflix i didn't see that yet you haven't seen that girls <laughs> no, but it was like a joke because you know, like the whole Netflix thing. Oh, oh, I was about to say, but you got to see Fat Girl. That's a classic. No, it, it no, there was nothing. I don't classic in what sense? Like a Walmart five dollar bin classic, or like it's classic, like <laughs> it was like a B, it's like like a, a BT running every day classic. Yeah, it's not like a. But it's not like a Love Jones classic. It's more like a not not even a Pootie Tang classic, but more like a <laughs> like a cult, you know, a cult favorite type. You know, it's more like uh, during the holidays, like when nothing else is on TV, like around Thanksgiving time. That's it's kind of like one of those things. Right? You know, like if that girl came on TV right now, I would watch it. Hmm. Not enjoy. It. Interesting. So, um, Mercedes, I w- I will say. I, so before we had this uh, this interview set up, um, I saw the preview for the show, and I in my mind I was like, eh, it looks like a bunch of black women who've had issues with black men. I'm not going to watch it. And then we set up the interview, and so I said, well, it, to be professional, I, I should watch the show. And it's it's only been four episodes so far. Would uh would night do they come out every Friday? Every. Every Sunday, right after Real Housewives. Okay. So y'all got a good lead-in show. Um, And so I watched the first four episodes, and you're you're absolutely right. It wasn't a bashing of of men, although you kind of had the most negative to say, and we'll get to that. (laughs) (laughs) I got your back. But but um, what it was really, you know, and uh, it was a. I would say everybody was everybody else was thirty five and up. You were definitely the youngest there. Um, and I want to say so. Two women had failed marriages. One being Nina Neal, uh, Gina Neely, who, if you all aren't familiar, down home with the Neelys. Uh, my mother actually was a big fan of their show. My she's team. on there. She's she's fifty. Um, young woman named Nikita. She's actually from a city right next door to where I'm where I'm living. She's from Bolingbrook. Um. And then you had with Ashley. She was like she also had a failed marriage, correct? No, Ashley was engaged to the football yep. player. But it was Nikita who had the failed marriage, and Gina who had the failed right. marriage. And Shay just kind of had like a long term relationship dissolve. Right. And so you were like, you know, so like everybody else was like they were older. They, and, you know, you had the two failed marriages and you had the two women who, you know, had long term kind of a little more serious relationships that ended. And then it was, you know, a little 25 year old. Because <laughs> that's how they treated you. You know, it was like, girl, you treat me like that. <laughs> well, I mean, they, they made comments of like, you know, kind of why are you here? You, you got enough time. Right. And so, I mean. I guess as as someone who was 25, I mean, was it more of a just, a, you know, hey, let me go try to experience this? Or was it like a, 
you know, I'm, I, you know, at 25, I'm still kind of struggling a little with these broke dudes who are trying to flip the whole game with the you pay for your dinner, you know, that led you to go or. Um, well, to be a hundred percent honest with you, um, I'm from the South. So in Florida or anywhere in the South, generally, like all my friends are married right now. Everybody that I went to college with, almost all of my friends are married with children. Are they black? Yeah. Okay. I, I just asked because um, in, in my friend circles, we, we've discussed how, you know, white people just seem to get married so much younger and at a faster rate than African-Americans. They do. Um, a lot of my friends are... Christians. So to add to that, a lot of Christians get huge. married young as so well. Yep. That is a that's a huge thing that people don't realize. Exactly. What? Because you know they're trying to keep that whole celibacy yeah. thing. And um yeah. What? I'm celibate as well. So but I mean I, I celibacy ain't gonna force me into no marriage because I wanna have sex. That ain't gonna happen. Um I think well, that's y'all y'all made a real like y'all was really at Christian couples' heads, like who? <laughs> Well, Melanie, like they just doing it to hunch. I, I didn't. I just said to hunch. I know, you know. They don't have. It was no love. It was no Jesus. It was just a. You know what? That desire to hunch under the, you know, and be right under the eyes of God. It's it's puts a little urgency in the marriage. Well, I think that I think that is definitely a percentage of them. I you, I won't deny that, but I know a lot of young married Christian couples. And it's a certain thing of like, we have the same value system that line up and we want the same things in life. And we, you know, it's like, a, I think within, you know, within the church is an understanding of like, why go out there and, and run around when this is really good right here and I can build with. Right. But, you know, the Bible talks about like, if you, you know, if your desires are burning, then it's good for a man to marry. True. So, I mean, you know, I think they take that and, and they do. I mean, to each his own. I'm not here to judge anybody. That's just not. I'm just not going to rush into a marriage on account of my hormones is raging. Right, right, right. That's right. Um, but, yeah, so being the youngest one on the show um, definitely was an experience. You know, a lot, a lot of people... And when I say a lot of people, I'm, I mean the love doctor, the love team. Yeah. They they really feel like I'm too young and I'm too inexperienced and, you know, I don't really know what I want and X, Y, and Z. Like, they think they know my life better than I know my life. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, that's just not the case. So um, they assume you don't know anything because you're 25 and they got like 30 years on you, whatever. I mean, I, granted with age comes wisdom and I'm wise enough to understand and know that I don't know everything despite how I'm being portrayed on the show. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, there, you have to acknowledge that I wasn't, I'm not 10 and that I do, I have a sense of who I am and, and what I want. So it was, it was a little challenging, especially because they kept giving me 20 year olds. Like what I'm going to do with a 20 year old, what I'm going to do with Damn. a 20 year old. Ass woman. Mm. <laughs> okay, I'm with it. I'm with Baby, it. Taking care of myself. Since I was 17. I lived on my own since I was 17. I'm a grown ass woman. I've experienced more life than half the people in their 40s have. Really. So I've, I've, I think experiences build and mold you, and and that really, I had to grow up fast. And you guys will see that as my um story starts to unwind on the show. Because right now I'm just looking like a vain, stuck up snob that got a whole bunch of slick comments. Right. But that's not that's that's you, me to a certain extent. But that's not the full extent of who I am. You did your one day dirty that one episode, but you know, hey. I did my. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> listen, y'all, listen. <laughs> she just left, buddy. <laughs> About that, okay. So okay. So you mentioned how they uh, they kept setting you up with twenty year olds, but in Europe, I, I feel like. And, and, and kind of one thing I want to, uh, you know, talk about it in dating, you know, as black women in America and just in America in general. I, I, one thing I think we're seeing what I'm I'm kind of seeing a lot of is that we're really tr we're like I feel like we're dumbing. Or like we're trying to youngen people down, you know, it's like we're now, you know, 25, you're still looked at as a child. You barely know what you want, but it's like. Right. 
generations ago, you know, my grandfather was supporting the family at 25, you know, so why, you know, where I get it, but at the same time, I feel like it's giving a lot of 20 year olds the wrong mindset of you have time to play around. Exactly. And that ain't the case. It's not the case at all. And you know what is so funny? Because when you when I was like 10 years old and I heard somebody was 25, I was like, ooh, they old. That's old. They grown, grown. <laughs> they grown, grown, right? And then you think 30 is like ancient. Right. And you think, child, 30 is around the corner for me. And and it feels like, you know, you're running out of time. Like, it really does. I do have that sense of urgency. Like, okay, because you when you when you're that age when you're young in your college you have your <clears throat> life planned out in your head 25 i want to have get married 30 i want to start having kids so on and so forth and so at that moment when i was filming that was kind of my mindset which you'll see whether or not it's evolved or changed since then as you continue to watch the show right but what i wanted to say was that you know with them setting you up with a bunch of 20 year olds I feel like in European culture, they, I mean, they, they, I feel like they're a little more mature. Cause like, you know, like they, they, well, I don't know actually. Cause they, they, although they drink a little earlier because what I've, what I learned, you know, from having some European friends was that because college is uh, so cheap over there, mm-hmm. they, you know, like they'll go for a year or two and then kind of like, you know, go live a little, come back, maybe finish a year and then go live some more. So I don't, you know, I'm curious is because of how they do things, do they get the chance to live more life younger? You know, I'm not 100% sure. I don't think I was that submerged and had the opportunity to talk to someone in depth about that issue. So I'm not that well versed when it comes to um, how they spend their time or how they allocate their time. But what I can tell you is that... um, they sit out on this little thing on Fridays with a bunch of people their same age and drink and talk and have a good time. Like that's all I've seen. So I know that they still live with their parents generally when they're like 30 hmm. or, or up until like they die. And I get, well, apparently it's a cultural thing for you to live with your parents, but I ain't about that life. I'm <laughs> like, I can't be dealing with somebody who's living with his mama. Like that's just not, that's not something that I want for my life. I don't care cultural or not. That's that's just not something that I want. Mel, mm. how do you feel about that? So what happens like when they get married? When they get married, they still live with their parents. Most of them, according to Diane, <laughs> which is the love mm-hmm. host. So if I'm lying, it's because she lied. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't just out here lying to folks. Hey, look, I w- let me stop. Um, so according to her, some of them literally like um live with their parents until their parents die so they don't have to be in an old folks home so when you get married your the parent lives with the whole family either you move in with them or i'm and for them it's building generational wealth and trying to keep the wealth in the family how i don't really know but okay i mean that makes a little bit more clear but what if they have like so it's like the oldest what if they have four sons or whatever like all four wives and the kids stay in the house, or like just the oldest or just the youngest. Like, I wonder how they determine. What is my? I, listen, I don't even think I would really want to know. All <laughs> right. uh, you know is you won't be in nobody's house with their parents. That's I fully what understand. I'm trying to tell you now. They have a fight for the birthright of who gets to stay. <laughs> <laughs> and the, right. the winner the gets to stay. The prodigal son. Right. So, uh, you know, I want to kind of switch to a broader conversation. Um, So, you know, definitely get Melanie um, perspective in here. Um, Recently, I I was reading an article on Quartz Media, and it was titled, Why Black Women with College Degrees Can't Get Ahead. And the gist of the article was, you know, that, yes, there's a pay gap, but there's a marriage gap. That black women um, in particular, they get married much later than their white counterparts. And when they do get married, a larger percentage of them marry someone who is a uh, has less education, less formal education than them. Mm-hmm. And because of that, their households ultimately are affected because now their their the income of the household is less. Mm. And that this in turns, you know, affects generations, you know, so on and so forth. 
And so Mercedes, you've talked a little about some of the dating struggles in LA and, and then being, you know, a Christian, um, you know, what, it, you know, as, as a black woman, you know, is it just, is it hard to find a qualified candidate or, you know, at this age, what's, you know, that's, that's exactly the case. It's hard to find a qualified candidate. And so I think that's the case with most women and why they're getting married so much later, because, you know, you're, and, and t- hear me when I say that I'm not looking for a perfect man because I'm not perfect myself. Right. Um, I just want to have somebody that's on the same level as me that can carry an intellectual conversation that, you know, just makes makes me feel loved and cherished and honored. I want that. That's what I'm looking for. Um, so I think, you know, we we wait and we wait and we're sitting in expectancy and then we're just getting older and older. And then our focus kind of shifts from being finding a spouse to our career. And that's how we get caught up so late in the game. And you see black women in their 30s and 40s and still unwed with no children. Um, and then they realize, oh, oh, my biological clock is ticking. I got to leave a legacy. And then they hurry up and scramble and they end up settling for the next dude that smiles walking down the street. So either that is the theory or the last theory is that they realize that they're not going to find anybody who they want. So they end up settling for somebody that will do just enough to get back. Mm. Now, I don't, when it comes to me, money isn't everything. And this is something that I was trying to articulate to Diane. I'm sorry that you guys didn't get a chance to see it on camera. Money isn't everything for me because in my opinion, like I'm, I'm well off and I don't need anybody to take care of me. So I can actually afford to be picky. I can afford to, to sit here and expectancy, especially because I'm 25 or I'm 26 now, especially because I'm 26, I still have more time. And I don't feel like I should have to rush to settle with the first guy that I meet. Like, no. So uh, that's my whole perspective on it. Okay. Um, I want to get Mel and you to answer this next question. What does that, what does a qualified candidate look like? We can start now. Um, you know, in this transitional romantic period of my life, I, it's funny because I was just talking to my friend about this. Like, I'm just vibing right now. Like, I'm not like every other time in my life, I'm like, I need a man. I need a boyfriend. I need a husband. I need a king. I need a baby daddy. <laughs> like, at this point, I'm just like, I'm cool. You know, I, you know, I, I don't mind spending time with somebody's son or something like that, but I'm really not even trying to look for a husband right now. And then, you know, of course, the husband's supposed to find me and, you know, he finds a wife and all that good stuff. But, yeah, I'm really just vibing, but I know that it won't be the gap that you were talking about, Rodney. I'll wait. Until, like, I'm not going to sit here and settle. Like, you know what? He got, you know, he do. Now, nah, I ain't going to, like, do an example to try to, like, ask on anybody's profession or anything. But just, like, <laughs> I would like for somebody. Didn't have our listener base. We didn't know we had. <laughs> right. Like, hey, how you knew I did HVAC? You trying to be funny? Like, nah. I would like to be equally yoked educationally and lifestyle wise with whoever I do end up with. Um, yeah, like only time I can see somebody, I remember we asked even on like when I little podcast questions, like would you date someone without a degree if you had a degree, whatever. And I was like, probably not. The only time I can see that happen is if I really do marry like an actor or something, like somebody who really just graduated high school and followed their dreams type stuff, like or even Drake. Like if I want to marry Drake who didn't finish high school. Then you know, so yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, right now, I'm still learning what I like and don't like, and what I want to put up with, and all that. So I don't have the full list of Mr. Right because I'm still figuring out. Like, hmm, I don't like that. Well, okay, yeah, I can I can get with that. My next partner needs to have this one thing for sure. You know, of course, someone I need to be attracted to, I can work with, equally yoked. Um, someone who like is my biggest fan because like, I want to be their biggest fan. So I want them to be my biggest fan to support all my dreams, no matter how crazy stuff like that. How old I'm, are you Mel? If you don't mind my, Oh, I'm fine. 23. Oh, okay. Yeah. You still got time. Yeah. I got time. That's why I'm like, <laughs> I'm not pressed right now, but once the numbers start going up, I turned 24 in like four months. So that's when I'm start really getting shook when them, that <laughs> get real. Yeah, you still got ample time after that. Um, yeah, but when it comes for me, what I'm looking for in a man is pretty much essentially what Mel said, someone who's equally yoked. 
I like them older. I found that older men are just so just, they just so swagged out. It's because they know what they want. They got their shit together. And that's just, and that's so attractive. Somebody who is very intentional with their intention Mm. and they're not playing any games and that they just go after what they want. And you don't, it's, it's such a breath of fresh air not to have to play a guessing game. It's, it's, it's great. Um, Real quick, Mercedes, when you say older, what's that age range? So anywhere, like the age range that I like is anywhere between um, 28 to 33, 34. Okay. But even still then, like the older I get, the more I realize that even some of these 30-year-olds don't even have it together. Like they still mentally stuck in their 20s or their teens. Um, it's So you just have to deal with a different caliber of men. Uh, ideally, I would like an entrepreneur, someone who owns their own business or mm-hmm. someone who's like head of a company, ideally, because I'm an entrepreneur. And so, you know, building a business with my spouse would like be a dream come true. Um, let me think. Somebody with no children. I'm sorry, like to anybody. Retweet. <laughs> I ain't got time for the baby mama drama. Um, but it's not even that it's just for me, it's, I want my child to be your first child. I want to share this experience, this, you know, milestone with you. Like that's a big deal. Like having a child, like giving, and then I feel like when you bring other children into it, you deal with favoritism, you deal with, um, oh, well you have to choose me over your child. Case in point, there was one dude that I was dating who had two kids, great father, phenomenal father. This is how I knew I couldn't date nobody with children. Um, it got, his time was so wrapped up with his kids as it should be kudos to you, but then I don't get any time. So if it's ever between ever, like, oh, you have to choose between me and your children if you choose me, I'm going to be mad because I'm going to think you're a shitty father. If you choose your children, I'm going to be mad because I feel like I'm getting the tail, uh, the short end of the stick. So it's just one of those situations where I don't want to be caught up in. I'm good. I'm straight off of that. Um, but other than that, like somebody who just loves the Lord and who is my biggest fan, like why is it? I feel like I really don't feel like I'm asking for too much. But on this show, like I feel like they... I'm asking Diane to bring me literally the sun and put it on earth. And I don't think it's that difficult. It's for, I mean, it, you know, it's just, it's just funny, you know, listen to both of you all's list. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm always, there was, so just a little about me. I'm uh, for Mercedes. Our audience kind of knows I'm 25 right now. I'll be 26 in April. Um, so I had a, I had like a, a high school sweetheart at one point. And so uh, for a, a, a good part of my life, I thought I would be married young. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as life goes on, you know, people move on, people, you know, change, grow up and you, and you move forward. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, I've spent a lot of time just talking to older couples, trying to get a, get a better idea of like what it takes to make it, you know, not just get married, but what it takes to, you know, be 20 30 years down the line you know because i was sitting watching my parents wedding video with them and they're like yeah they divorced yeah they divorced yeah they not together no more and (laughs) and one thing i've heard you know more so from my father and his friends was the lack of together they had it Hmm. you know they they had some type of job or career um, it wasn't promising that, you know, they were going to be there for 30 years and, you know, it, it ended up that they all did, you know, grow up and, you know, and like mature into that role. But it was a, it was a, you know, my wife really kind of took a chance compared to women of today. Mm. Took a chance meaning how? So. And that they had the promise, they had like the potential Mm-hmm. It wasn't certain that they were going to pan out to be such the great professionals they were, mm-hmm. but it worked out. Now, I'm sure for those, you know, eight or, you know, five to eight success stories, I'm sure there's 20, you know, failure stories of I married yeah, a guy with, I, you know, who had some potential. It didn't look, he didn't live up to it. Right. I think um, our generation of women has had enough examples of seeing our mamas and aunties and all of that have these failed relationships. And it's like, I'm not like, we don't have time to take chances no more. Like we need to, you know, be a sure thing. 
No, seriously, like we not we not marrying projects and potential no more. We're not turning boys into men. We left that to the to the singing group. Ain't nobody got. But look, Johnny Gill handled that in '88. (laughs) We do not have time to no. It's it's no. And and I hear you, Mel, too, and and I agree one thousand percent. But on the other hand, like I can almost I when I say almost, I mean almost kind of get jiggy with the potential. But I, when I tell you, I really have to see this person on their grind. I really have to like believe that you can do it. I'm not trying to sit here and trying to push you if you don't want to push yourself. You know, no, for real. Right. If I have to yeah. Come on, do something, get up, let's go today. I know you can do it. I see it in you. No, ain't nobody got time for that. But Yeah, like I don't need a, a full, you know, Drake level rapper, but I'm not going to sit here and <laughs> continue to let you be on SoundCloud our whole relationship. Like, that's just not going to work. <laughs> yeah. And think the SoundCloud going to pay these light bills. Right. Exactly. And that's what I mean. Yeah, no, I feel you. So one thing I, I noticed that was mentioned, that was missing from both lists, uh, was purpose. Mm. What I mean by that is that you all, you know, like, hey, I want to make sure my partner and I, we have a purpose that's aligned. And mm-hmm. kind of going back to a point we made earlier about Christian couples, you know, I feel like that's one thing they really drive home, at least in a few that I know. They say, hey, our purpose, you know, we feel that this is, you know, this is my God given purpose on this earth. And right. I feel that their God given purpose on this earth overlap and we can achieve this together. We both, by working together, we can both fulfill our purpose. And, you know, it's just something that I think we as a, a generation, we don't take into enough consideration, maybe because we don't fully know our purpose yet. Mm-hmm. But you know, Mercedes is an actor, actress. You know, rather, I guess you know, like, do you feel it's important to have a man that is, I mean, I guess in line, you know, aligned with your same goals, or I mean, your same, you know, like with how you, you know, you're pursuing acting. Is that a, is that some a, something you want in a man? Yes, no, Melanie, with you in, in media. Oh yeah, of course, I want somebody with like similar goals, or just like something we can work towards. Um, that's what you're asking, right? Like, that's basically just what you were saying. Like, do you feel your purpose? Like, yeah, okay, yeah. Basically, basically, it's like, what? I guess, what does it look like for your man's purpose to be aligned with yours? Oh yeah, he doesn't have to exactly be in media or something, but just like an understanding of of the grind of us, you know, still trying to get to where we want to go. I don't expect you know either of us to be exactly where we want to be in our career permanently by the time we get married, but to work together so if he works in i don't know if he does i don't know what's something that men do um <laughs> what do y'all do i forgot uh we fix cars um yeah okay if you have a business or something if you're a business businessy person i don't know hell but like i want to help you with your business stuff and then you can give me ideas for a pitch i'm trying to write or something like that you know like we can feed off of each other and our energy that grind is you know, I think it's very interesting that you say that because, um, and first of all, you're wise beyond your years. Thank you. Um, 25 years I'm talking about. She's talking you know, about me, Mel. Oh, I'm about to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh. No, 25, like, it's very no. rare that I hear 25 years And it's because I, like, when I first moved out to LA, I did a video, a vlog on pursuing your purpose. And um, something that's, you know, people, some people don't even know what their purposes are. Um, I read the book, The Alchemist, last year. And it that's part, that's one of the reasons why I went to Egypt last year was because of The Alchemist. Oh, wow. um, but that's, it's, it's very, that's a quintessential thing. And like, you're, you have to be in alignment. The Bible says, how can two walk together unless they're on one accord? Yes, and so for me, my purpose it's not necessarily an entertainment industry. Like my purpose at the end of the day is winning souls for Jesus. Mm. Like okay. if, if I'm a Christian, like I, I am like, so my, my partner, it has to be my partner in Christ. And like, we need to be discipling together. So, I mean, this is just a platform that where, where God has elevated me to, but all the glory comes to him. If that makes any sense. Now, now, now. Here's a disclaimer, because if you done seen the show, you know that I was tooting it and booting it, throwing it around. <laughs> throwing it around. 
around, backing it up and driving it like it's hot. Nah. I say that, and and it's funny because I'm not a holier-than-thou, overzealous person. I never want to shove my God down anybody's throats. You know, you're supposed to let your life be an example, and people want to show that. But at the same time, I'm still 26 years old. I'm a millennial, and I'm still trying to find that balance. And so what people are witnessing on TV is that. So, yeah, I I definitely agree that, you know, we need to have that same purpose. Wow, I feel so secular and unsaved. Um, for, for my answer, you know, I'm about to just go watch a whole bunch of Heather Lindsay videos when we get off of this so I can really, so I can get back on track. <laughs> I need more saved answers. Yeah. I need that to be my first thought is something saved to come out of my mind. I'm shamed. But <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's all about life and the stage of life that you are in. Like, yeah. and as as you continue to grow and, and, and learn more about yourself and learn more about what you want in a, in a spouse and your life partner. Yeah, knowing Jesus is very important because I do come from a very religious background, believe it or not. So I try, like, that's something that's big. Like, if, you, if you're if not, you know, going to church or at least listen to some One Church LA podcast, I'm looking at you real funny. So at the very <laughs> least, a podcast or two. <laughs> at least a devotional coming to your phone. <laughs> You gotta follow a pastor and like they post for. Yeah, I, I don't see TD Jakes on your feed. I'm like, what are you doing, bro? That's hilarious. I actually do follow TD. Me too. He, I mean, he's a nice. Nah, he's, he's a dope pastor. I'm trying to think. Was there anything else I wanted to ask about dating? Um, any any uh dating horror stories? Any Tinder dates that went terribly wrong? For me. I don't think I had any horrible. I see it's crazy because I'm not really big on like social media dating like that. I'd be I'd be scary, chat. I'm scared. No, no, no. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> For the simple fact that um, everybody could be a murderer. Yeah, everybody could be a murderer. Like, and then I'm just so skeptical of your intentions. Like, you know, a lot of people say that Tinder is just a hookup site. Like. I, I definitely ain't trying to sleep with you. I mean, I guess it is what you make it. I don't know. I'm just, it, that's not really my speed. I'm old school. I like to like, meet me at the grocery store. Like, I want to meet you in person. I don't I don't think I want to do that whole social media thing. What you think? Um, no. Yeah, like, I can't think of, I was just telling somebody, like, I have not met any new men, like, period. Anybody that I've been out with or, like, I, you know, went on a date with been talking to the past couple months, I've already known them. And I would be very skeptical of, like, a social media date. I don't know if y'all been paying attention on Twitter, but, like, the new Twitter debate is, like, going to somebody's house on the first date, like, someone you don't know. And yeah, that's just, like, why would, <laughs> no. Like, first of all, people can be complete murderers and rapists and, you know, um, what's his name? Uh, what's his name? Jeffrey Dahmer. Like, I, I watch too much TV. <laughs> I watch too much TV yeah. to go to somebody's house on the first date, especially a stranger. So, yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't do. <laughs> I couldn't do it. Um, my my hell date stories. My most recent ones. Like my my life has been hilarious the past couple months, and I'm not telling any of those stories for free. I'm gonna put it into. <laughs> into my work (laughs) because they're just too good to just um give out but they are hilarious um men are men are interesting characters like to have to deal with them consistently for the past 20 something years is just like it's exhausting it really is it is especially if you're the one that's supposed to be found so you don't know what you gotta do like do i have to sit in the middle of i-20 to get found by the right one or like what do i gotta do because this is it's getting old (laughs) But you know what I you know what I when I first moved out here to LA like I had literally no guys and I don't think I'm a bad looking chick but it, it's the fact that I didn't know anybody and I never went out. Um <clears throat> I started going out by myself. I noticed that when I go out alone, I attract the most men cuz they're always curious like, "So, why are you here by yourself? Like, what's going on?" Like they're and people are more friendly mm-hmm. and apt to approach you um mm-hmm. if you're not clicked up. Um, another thing is your social circles, girl, let me tell you, the more that my career has started to elevate, the higher the social circles I've been in and the caliber of men changes. I went to last week, a millionaire mixer. Okay. That's wanky rooftop event. 
uh, rooftop place. And it was really nice. And these people are like the head of IBM and like, you know, like different things like that. So it puts you in a different place and it puts you at with a different caliber of men. So it, it, I, it's interesting to see the bottom of the bottom and then the top. Of the bottom. <laughs> it's very different. I think I'm at like level three right now. So I'm just hoping to... <laughs> Look, keep grinding, cause you're you, male with a bunch of analysts. A bunch of analysts, like a, you know, like that's the entry level analyst, senior analyst. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm not entry level. I'm not an intern. I'm like my first promotion. So every every month we get a little better. So I'll keep y'all updated on what level I get. Yeah. When I get to some millionaire mixes, that's when y'all really hear about me. But you in Atlanta, right? Yes. Yeah, you gotta be careful. I bet y'all. Oh, absolutely. Like, I, I would go to events, like, oh, I'm gonna meet me a man. I look around, everybody has no lip gloss. And I'm just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what we're doing. Okay, um, never mind. And that's exactly why I haven't met any new men. I have been out so much. And as we were talking, I thought about I gave my number to this guy in the club, and he never hit me up. And then every other guy that I see is like has lashes on or something like that. And I'm just like, you know, I just what is what is it? Like I never understood. The whole like everybody in Atlanta's gay because I never really like saw, but now that I've been going out more, I'm like, oh wow. Yeah, no, and that's so funny. And I'm not gonna say any names, but I have a friend who um who was dating this guy who's now married, and the wife doesn't know that he was in a whole relationship with a man, and oh. the man started hitting my friend up saying that he missed him and everything like that. And is in a whole marriage with a woman who has no idea. Oh, see, put me under the jail because uh, I'm trying to tell you now, girl. This- what if he? What if he say he? That's his old lifestyle. He don't. He don't. He don't, don't rock like deliver. I don't care nothing about your deliverance. They ain't got nothing to do with me. I'm sorry. Yeah, I literally just retweeted the same thing. Like, would you date a bisexual man? And the answer is no. Like, I just can't. And I know that sounds bad, and I, I'll be one of those phobics or phobias, whatever, on Twitter. But, I like, for me, personally, I know I cannot, like, no, I can't do it. Like, I And I talked about Molly from Insecure so bad when she left Jared hanging, but I probably couldn't do it either. Like, <laughs> I thought about it, I was like, yeah, can't even do it, bruh. For real, you're greedy. Like, why you need? So, first, I already got enough pressure dealing with women. Okay, now I got to worry about men and women. Like, I don't know whether or not this your homeboy or if it's your homeboy. Like, like, it's too much. It's too much. Like, like I can kids, bisexuality. Those are two things I just like. I cannot. That'll keep me up at night. That's neither here nor there because we're gonna get hate mail in a second. But I definitely. But I mean, I can see all the things black women. You gotta. I mean, black women is is because black women marry outside their race the least. It's like ninety two percent marry black men. Mm-hmm. So black men are the you know with with like the largest pop, population of the largest majority of the jail population. So one, you got to get a black man that escaped jail. <laughs> once he's once he's escaped jail, he's gotta he's gotta go to college. You know, college cost is astronomical. Can he get a scholarship? Yada da da da. Or you know, so now you got to get a black man that was able to navigate through college and and graduate. You know, because you all graduated, right? And then at that, you got to say like, has he ever like been with a man? You know, before me. It's so much you know, to deal with. Like, does does he have drive? You know, yada da. Does he, he drive? Does he have a car? Is it in his name? Right. <laughs> does he have kids? How you many? Know? How many mothers? How old are these kids? Can these kids beat me up? Like it's just so <laughs> so many things you have to deal with Not, so many factors. Um, it it really is hard dating as a black woman, college educated, whatever. Like people, you know, they'll be intimidated by you, or they'll think you bougie, or or think you know black women have attitudes or whatever. Just so many. If I could write a book, man. But you know what? At the same time, like and. And I just want to reiterate the fact that I absolutely love and adore my Oh, definitely. Like, I love them. I love them. I love them. And and I can't, I can't place a hundred percent blame on a system that was designed to fail them. So at this point, like, it's just about edifying and uplifting and try to reconstruct where we used to be. 
because people think, especially with Black History Month and everything coming around, like I hate when people start the story off with slavery. Like, no, we were not, we did not start off as slaves. Like we were kings and queens. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's where our history started off at. Actually, as a matter of fact, the first Black people on earth were African-American. I'm not African-American, Lord forgive me. We're Black. <laughs> yeah, we were the first people. Did y'all see they, they dug up Nefertiti and made her a white woman on Twitter? I was so done. <laughs> She's like, y'all know good and well. I was not this pink. She looked mad about it, too. <laughs> so y'all gonna lie? I just went to Africa. I was just in Africa, like, less than two months ago, and I was there for two weeks, and I was in Egypt, and I went, and I saw Nefer, uh, I saw the tombs, and I saw um, all of the um, catacombs, and I saw the the mummies and everything like that, girl. If I sing, I'm gonna post it on Twitter, or maybe I'll send it to you guys in a message, Um the hieroglyphics and how the people had braids in their hair, child. But they be trying oh, Derek, to right. erase all that history. I mean, yes, girl, they had braids and they had wide noses. And I'm like, yeah. wow, but they, they they really tried to make it seem as if these white people did all of this. I just... It, you know, the Europeans, they, um, they've they been known to go and lighten the hieroglyphics. That's insane. Yeah, Can you imagine? Didn't they knock yeah. off the nose of that um, one thing because it was so wide? So they didn't want them to know it was black? This, yeah. The Sphinx. Isn't it, doesn't the Sphinx have like a, a specific name? Uh, no, it's the Sphinx. Oh, is it like the Sphinx? Okay. Well, whatever. Yeah. It's crazy. So, in, when I went to um, Egypt, they have three stories that they tell you as to reason why the nose fell off. One of them was because it wasn't built, constructed well. One of them was because somebody... Um, during some time there was, I guess, some type of rebellion or something like that, and somebody just cut the nose off or whatever. But what I, what they didn't mention was that they did it because it was wide and, and they didn't want people to know that yeah. it was mm-hmm. blacks. That's crazy. Well, then um, Prince of Egypt, yeah. Moses and Ramses knocked the nose off. So you know, I know what know what to believe at this point. <laughs> <laughs> when they was racing on the little chariot. <laughs> somebody lying i knew cartoons were a joke when i started um studying greek mythology in seventh grade and i found out Hera wasn't hercules mama and i was like y'all have lied to us disney <laughs> all of these years i did not know zeus was a whoremonger as well with all the baby mamas so you mean there's no wakanda Please don't get me started on these fake woke Black Panther think pieces. I was just tapes. about to t- get a plane ticket to Wakanda. This is some. Um, the Southwest fly to Wakanda because I just got this passport because Twitter told me to. And yeah, I just booked my spirit. Right. Going straight to Wakanda. You know, you know, spirit out of Wakanda is much better. It's much nicer. They got. Me. You know what I'm saying? It's the cheapest one. It's the cheapest affordable um mercedes i think that's all we wanted to cover um this was a dope conversation um i as a black man that has no kids never been with a man who's college educated um <laughs> i'm feeling pretty good right now if you was if you was above six feet they had to beat him up with a stick so that's hey. Dang. hey hey there's somebody out there <laughs> I'm in demand. Negotiate on the height. Listen, listen. You got to be willing to uh to give and take on some stuff. I can do five ten. That's that's my best bet. That's all. I can do. Melanie, how now, Melanie? How tall are you? I am five foot two, maybe three. Okay, Mercedes, how tall? If you don't mind me asking, I'm five two and a half. Yeah, so we're the same height. Over <laughs> all these height requirements. With with height requirement, right? Yeah. Crazy. Barely getting like on the roller coaster. Neck. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think someone was six feet. I think six Because feet. my son is going to be a basketball prodigy because he's going to play sport and he's not going to get a concussion playing football. I, so he needs to be tall. I keep trying to tell people, like, I got to give my kids a chance at life. Like, I don't want my kids to be athletes, to be honest with you. I'd rather him, they be a pianist or a chemist or something, a molecular biologist, something crazy like that. No, nah, they Baby's legs and stuff. <laughs> the baby, get, yeah. the baby won't have bad knees when he's 20, 30. Exactly. I think I want my kid to do both because I ain't never met a smart basketball player. <laughs> might be like real, like, oh wow, you ain't got no kids. You, you over six feet. You can do math and you play basketball. 
But you know, every time I see a tall person in the office, like six five or higher, taller, I'm like, you just dropped the ball, bro. You just dropped <laughs> no. the ball. But um, Mercedes, that's that's all we had. Is there anything else you wanted to share with our audience before we get out of here? Yes. <clears throat> Make sure to follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Mercedes C Young. That's Mercedes C Young on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Okay. Yeah. All right. Great. Um, thank you for having us, Mercedes. This was really fun. Um, you know what I haven't said the entire episode. I, I might have. Never mind. It just comes off my tongue. I, I don't think I said men are trash, but I think I did say it. <laughs> I may have said it. <laughs> one time for the one time. I think I already said it. Okay. Well, thank you guys for listening. Um, anything else, Rodney? Any reflections, or are we just gonna get out here? Um, leave reviews, guys. Continue to share. Continue to press play. Um, and check us out for more dope content. Yeah. Content, man. You know, we got we now we got an archive, so you can go back and revisit stuff we did last year that's still relevant. And the year before, because yep. this is our third year in. Yeah. Technically. All right. Well, All right. bye, you guys. Get chose.